Hi guys, thanks for listening to Gospel and Chill. I'm going to continue my reading of the book of Matthew, starting in chapter 9. I can't wait to read it with you. Just a reminder, I am using a New Living version of the Bible that was my grandfather's when he was a pastor in New Jersey back in the 70s and 80s. So the translation is a little colloquial, but I think we'll get, I think we'll enjoy it. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. So Jesus climbed into a boat and went across the lake to Capernaum, his hometown. Soon some men brought him a paralyzed boy on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick boy, Cheer up, for I have forgiven your sins. Blasphemy, this man is saying he is God, exclaimed some of the religious leaders to themselves. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked them, Why are you thinking such evil thoughts? I, the Messiah, have the authority on earth to forgive sins. But talk is cheap. Anybody could do that. So I'll prove it to you by healing this man. I like that this translation has Jesus saying talk is cheap. Um, It's okay. It's the translation from the 70s. Then, turning to the paralyzed man, he commanded, Pick up your stretcher and go home, for you are healed. And the boy jumped up and left. A chill of fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen right before their eyes. How they praised God for giving such authority to a man. As Jesus was going on down the road, he saw a tax collector, Matthew, sitting in a tax collection booth. Come and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. And Matthew jumped up and went along with him. Later, as Jesus and his disciples were eating dinner at Matthew's house, there were many notorious swindlers there as guests. Swindlers there as guests. The Pharisees were indignant. Why does your teacher associate with men like that? Because people who are well don't need a doctor. It's the sick people who do, Jesus said. Then he added, now go away and learn the meaning of this verse of scripture. It isn't your sacrifices and your gifts I want. I want you to be merciful. For I have come to urge sinners, not the self-righteous, back to God. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast as we do and as the Pharisees do? Should the bridegroom's friend mourn and go without food while the bridegroom is with them? Jesus asked. By the time is coming, I will be taken from them. Time enough for them to refuse to eat. And who would patch an old garment with an untrunk cloth? For the patch would tear away and make a hole worse. And who would use an old wine skin to store new wine? For the old skins would burst under the pressure and the wine would be spilled and the skin ruined. Only new wine skins are used to store new wine. That way both are preserved. As he was saying this, the rabbi from the local synagogue came and worshipped him. My little daughter just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life if you will only come and touch her. As Jesus and the disciples were going to the rabbi's home, a woman who had been sick for 12 years with an internal bleeding came up behind him and touched the tassel of his robe, for she thought, if only I touch him, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and spoke to her. Daughter, he said, all is well. My dog does not like this part. I don't know what's going on. I'll start again at Matthew 19 of verse Matthew 9 19 
As Jesus and the disciples were going to the rabbi's house, a woman who had been sick for 12 years with internal bleeding came up behind him and touched the tassel of his robe. For she thought, if I only touch him, I'll be healed. Jesus turned around and spoke to her. Daughter, he said, all is well. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was well from that moment. When Jesus arrived at the rabbi's home and saw the noisy crowds and heard the funeral music, he said, get them out for the little girl isn't dead. She's only sleeping. Then how they scoffed and sneered at him. When the crowd was finally outside, Jesus went in where the little girl was lying and took her by the hand and she jumped up and was all right again. The report of this wonderful miracle swept the entire countryside. As Jesus was leaving her home, two blind men followed him alongside, shouting, O son of the king of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. And suddenly they could see. Jesus sternly warned them not to tell anyone about it, but instead they spread his fame all over the town. Leaving that place, Jesus met a man who couldn't speak because there was a demon inside of him. So Jesus cast out the demon and instantly the man could talk. How the crowds marveled. Never in all our lives have we seen anything like this. But the Pharisee said, The reason he can cast out demons is that he is demon-possessed himself, possessed by Satan, the demon king. Jesus traveled around through all the cities and villages of that area, teaching in the Jewish synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And wherever he went, he healed people of every sort of illness. And what pity he felt for the crowds that came because their problems were so great and they didn't know what to do or where to go for help. They were like sheep without a shepherd. The harvest is so great and the workers are so few, he told his disciples. So pray to the one in charge of the harvesting and ask him to recruit more workers to harvest these fields. So that is the Gospel of Matthew, book nine, with a special guest, my puppy, barking at the same verse every time. So this is the Gospel of Matthew, book 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of sickness and disease. Here are the names of his 12 disciples. Ooh, I was waiting for this. Okay. Simon, also called Peter. Andrew, who was Peter's brother. James, the son of Zebedee. John, James's brother, which tells me he's also the son of Zebedee. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, Alphaeus's son, that's, I think, to differentiate him from the brother of Jesus, um, Thaddeus, nothing about Thaddeus, nothing, no descriptor, Simon, a member of the Zealots, a subversive political party, and Judas Iscariot, the one who portrayed Jesus. Jesus sent them out with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. 
Don't take any money with you. Don't even carry a duffel bag with extra clothes and shoes or a walking stick for those you help should feed and care for you. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a godly man and stay at his home until you leave for the next town. When you ask for permission to stay, be friendly, and if it turns out to be a godly home, give your blessing. If not, keep the blessing. Any city or home that doesn't welcome you, shake the dust of that place from your feet as you leave. I think about that verse all the time. Truly, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off at Judgment Day than they. I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. Be as wary as serpents and as harmless as doves, but beware. For you will be arrested and tried and whipped in the synagogues. Yes, you must stand trial before governors and kings for my sake. They will give you the opportunity to tell them about me. Yes, to witness to the world. When you are arrested, don't worry about what you have to say at your trial, for you will be given the right words at the right time. For it won't be you doing the talking. It will be the spirit of your heavenly father speaking through you. Brother shall betray brother to death, and fathers shall betray their own children, and children shall rise against their parents and cause their deaths. Everyone shall hate you because you belong to me, but all of you who endure the, to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one city, flee to the next. I will return before you have reached them all. A student is not greater than his teacher. A servant is not above his master. The student shares his teacher's fate. The servant shares his master's. And since I, the master of the household, have been called Satan, how much more will you? But don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming when the truth will be revealed and their secret plots will become public information. What I tell you now in the gloom, shout about when daybreak comes. When I whisper in your ears, proclaim it from the housetops. Don't be afraid of those who can kill only your bodies, but can't touch your souls. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Not one sparrow, and what do they cost, two for a penny, can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't worry. You're more valuable to him than many sparrows. If anyone publicly acknowledges me as his friend, I will openly acknowledge him as my friend before my Father in heaven. But if anyone publicly denies me, I will openly deny him before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. No, rather a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's worst enemies will be right in his own home. If you love your father and mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your own son or daughters more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. And if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up for me, you will save it. Those who welcome you are welcoming me. And when they welcome me, they are welcoming God who sent me. If you welcome a prophet because he is a man of God, you will be given the same reward the prophet gets. And if you welcome a good and godly man because of their godliness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if, as my representatives, you can even you give even a cup of cold water to a little child, you will surely be rewarded. Oh, such a good one. Okay. That's the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10. This is chapter 11 of the book of Matthew. 
When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went off preaching in the cities where they were scheduled to go. John the Baptist, who was now in prison, heard about all the miracles the Messiah was doing, so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you really the one we were waiting for, or shall we keep looking? Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell him about the miracles you've seen me do, the blind people I've healed, the lame people who now walk without help, the cured lepers, the deaf who hear, the dead raised to life, and tell him about my preaching the good news to the poor. Then give him this message, Blessed are those who don't doubt me. When Jesus' disciples had gone, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. When you went out into the barren wilderness to see John, what did you expect him to be like? Grass blowing in the wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed as a prince in a palace? Or a prophet of God? Yes, he is more than just a prophet. For John is the man mentioned in the scriptures, the messenger coming to precede me, to announce my coming, and to prepare people to receive me. Truly, of all men ever born, none shines more brightly than John the Baptist, and yet, even the lesser lights in the kingdom of heaven will be greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching and baptizing until now, ardent multitudes have been crowding toward the kingdom of heaven. For all the laws and prophets looked forward to the Messiah. Then John appeared. And if you're willing to understand what I mean, he is Elijah, one of the prophets said would come. At the time the kingdom begins. If, I ever, if ever you were willing to listen, listen now. What shall I say about this nation? These people are like children playing who say to their little friends, We played a wedding and we, you weren't happy, so we played a funeral, but you weren't sad. For John the Baptist doesn't even drink wine and often goes without food, and you say, He's crazy, and I, the Messiah, feast and drink, and you complain that I am a glutton and a drinking man and hang around with the worst sort of sinners. But brilliant men like you can justify your every inconsistency. Then he began to pour out his denunciations against the cities where he had done most of his miracles because they hadn't turned to God. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles I did in your streets had been done in wicked Tyre or Sidon, their people would have repented a long time ago in shame and humility. Truly, Tyre and Sidon would be better off in the judgment day than you. And Capernaum, though highly honored, shall go down to hell. For if the marvelous miracles I've done to you had been done in Sodom, it would still be here today. Truly, Sodom would be better off on Judgment Day than you. And Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding the truth from those who think themselves so wise and for for revealing it to little children. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Everything has been entrusted to me by the Father. Only the Father knows the Son, and the Father is known only by the Son, and by those whom the Son reveals him. Come to me, and I will give you rest, all of you who work hard beneath a heavy yoke. Wear my yoke, it fits perfectly, and let me teach you, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your souls, for I give only light burdens. And that's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11.